Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of 7th Generation. Find 7th Generation laundry detergent and fresh lavender and other scents at 7thGeneration.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, Unfiltered Army, Jim and Matt here. You probably saw this pop up on your feed and you're like, all right, wait, Jim and Matt don't work today. What's going on here? Don't worry. We're not overworking ourselves, nor have we been fired. We're here to tell you about a new show for the UFC that we're debuting on this feed. It's called Inside UFC Training Camp, and it's hosted by our pal, former light heavyweight champion, Forrest Griffin. He takes a look in real time at the camps of three UFC welterweights as they prepare for the next fight on the final card of the year. Jeff Neal, Bilal Muhammad, and Chaos Williams detail week by week the ups and downs of preparing for a UFC fight. Really inside stuff uh, from a guy like Forrest who understands it as well as anybody does. What, are you going to be mad about a free show? Here's the first episode of Inside UFC Training Camp. Enjoy. If you don't like getting punched in the face, then you probably shouldn't do a UFC training camp. I feel like that's where the success comes from, you know what I'm saying? The thousands of hours that nobody see. Every day is a potential day for progress. I feel like, you know what I'm saying, some people, they just do this. I can sit there and go through two workouts, and my body's not sore, there's something wrong. Chaos Williams. Oh, 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 Muhammad looking to make Montano pay here. Remember the name, Bilal Muhammad. Jeff Neal on top. Those are big shots. There's nothing like the moment just before a fight ends when a win or a loss hangs in the balance and when the crowd senses something big is about to happen. But the thing is, fights aren't won in those moments. That's where the crowd has it wrong. Which is what this show is about to clear up. You see, fights are actually won days, weeks, maybe even months before anyone steps foot in an octagon on fight night. Fighters win because of what they do in training camp as much as what they do in the octagon. You win a UFC fight by spending hours drilling the same technique over and over and over and over. You win by training hard six or even seven days a week. And that includes Thanksgiving. You win by dropping those last few pounds in a hot bath or a sauna, starving, exhausted, sweating out every extra ounce to make the weight. Those moments, with no opponent in sight, no media to observe, no Bruce Buffer. Those are the moments that launch careers and make champions. Most fans don't know anything about what it takes to get ready for a fight. And even if they do, they don't know anymore because COVID threw the whole effing playbook out. Imagine trying to game plan when your opponent may change at any time. Even the fighters don't know what to expect in camp these days, which means the average fan knows even less. Let's change that right now. This is Inside UFC Training Camp. 
I'm former UFC light heavyweight champion Forrest Griffin, and over the next three weeks, you're going to get an inside look into the grind of a fight camp for three of the UFC's rising welterweight stars on the final card of the year. That's the UFC Fight Night card on December 19th. Our three fighters will grant us unprecedented access to their strength and conditioning, film study, coaching, weight cut, and the overall sacrifice it will take them to win in the UFC, all in real time. This isn't going to get edited by a bunch of suits to make everyone sound better, because we don't have that kind of budget. You'll hear the raw sounds of camp and the uncensored thoughts of each fighter as they prepare for about just weeks away. And along the way, I might throw in a few memories from my day. After all, I have been through these training camps a few times myself, both as a fighter and working with athletes at the UFC Performance Institute. These days, I make sure current UFC fighters don't make the mistakes that I made in the past. You know, like cutting 26 pounds in five days. But hey, this show isn't about me. It's all about the three guys who are just weeks away from fights that could change the course of their careers. So let's meet them. Starting with the 11th ranked welterweight. Jeff Neal, extremely technical. And I'm interested to see how he sizes up the style of Mike Perry. Mike Perry. Oh, oh good Jeff Neal is riding a seven-fight win streak into a matchup with former two-time title challenger Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, who's currently ranked number five. Jeff knows it's the biggest fight of his career. I try not to think about it, you know what I mean? Uh, at the end of the day, regardless of his name, regardless of how good he is, it's just another fight to me. And it'll probably make it even easier now because, like, there's no fans in there. So it's just going to be a quiet room, just like, you know what I mean, just like I'm sparring at the gym. It's, uh, it's just another fight. I'm just really excited to... Uh, showcase my skills because he's a he's the type of opponent that I'm going to have to uh, make adjustments. I'm going to have to do different things. I can't just go in there and just like try to run through him per se. You know what I mean? So uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how well I adjust and how well he adjusts to my adjustments. And uh, hopefully I get to finish. Like I'm nervous. I'm scared. But whatever. Fuck it. You know what I mean? I always look at it this way. Anything you're nervous about, you're only nervous about it because it's important. You probably think a UFC title contender does nothing but train. Well, if you head into Moxie's Grill and Bar in Dallas on the right night, this title contender might be your waiter. From the start of my career, I had to get it on my own. When I first started fighting, I was like, man, I need a job to pay for the gym membership. Serving tables was the first job that I had because I, I got the job. I got the money for the gym. Then I joined the gym. You know what I mean? And since then, I've been serving and uh, that's how I've been uh, keeping myself afloat. It's like in my DNA. And if you're ever at Moxie's, Jeff says to make sure you get the pineapple basil margarita. That's right, the pineapple basil margarita. It's his favorite drink on the menu. But for this camp, Jeff has stopped serving to give all his attention to the biggest fight of his career. A win over an established star like Wonderboy would put Jeff's career on a different trajectory. Here you have an explosive fighter with knockout power in both his hands and feet, who has every chance of being a superstar and giving the fans what they want, exciting fights. He don't even fuck with grappling. He just knock you out. Like Jeff, our next athlete is also off to an undefeated start in the UFC. Chaos Williams. Chaos Williams has had only two fights in the UFC, and if you blinked, you might have missed them. Williams finished both of his opponents in less than a minute combined. 
Maybe that's the reason they call him chaos. I mean, you know, I've been getting called chaos since I was like 13. Like I said, come from hardship, you know, just uh, getting in trouble a lot. Like one of my friends was like, man, we, we, we got to call you something, man. We got to call you something. And they were just like, man, you causing all this chaos, all this ruckus. And, you know, that's where the name just came from. And I just put the K on it because, you know, first name, Kalen, you know, it used to be negative. And I have turned all that negative and made it all positive. His last fight may have lasted all of 30 seconds, but his next fight against the always entertaining Michelle Pereira may not go quite as quickly. I don't expect it, man. I wasn't even expecting those to go that fast. You know, I was training for 15 minutes. Like I said, I trained to go the distance, you know, but hey, if it ended in a minute hey, or ended in 30 seconds, I'm happy with that too. It's beautiful. I ain't take no damage, you know? And, you know, I'm still in shape. I'm good. You know, it's just certain things I just got to continue to work on. But, you know, I just got to get right back into it. You know, just do what I've been doing. Be just another person in the way. And I'm hungry. So I'm always grinding. I'm always just getting better. Every day is a potential day for progress. And that's just what I'm doing, man. Just taking it a day at a time, taking it a fight at a time. My last fight, you know, I took it like on two, three week notice. You know, I was able to take it because I like, when you stay ready, you don't got to get ready. And that's just the facts. Chaos knows the UFC has seen its fair share of fighters start hot and then fizzle out. Although his fights so far may be ending quickly, Chaos is in this for the long run. I'm the people's champ, man. I'm here to serve the needs of the people, man. I'm here to, to show that it's possible that you can come from nothing. You can have a lack of a support system, you know, and have people that's not believing in you. But as long as you believe in yourself and putting the work in, anything possible. And I've shown that. I'm going to continue to show that. And one day, when I'm all the way at the top of the food chain, they can look back and say that he told us he was going to do it, and he did it. Chaos Williams has been in the octagon for less than a minute. And in that minute, he's made the biggest impact possible by knocking two guys out and showing the potential to have an amazing career. Thus far, it's just potential. We'll see what happens next. Chaos Williams has a name that's hard to forget. But our next fighter wants you to remember the name, Bilal Muhammad. Nice, he switches to the other side. There's that the is top. beautiful. Bilal Muhammad with his first career win by submission. Bilal Muhammad is riding a three-fight win streak, which finds him back in the UFC rankings where he currently sits at number 13. Bilal went to college to study law, so it may not be surprising that he takes a very scholarly approach to his fights. My game plan is always just to be pressure fighter. Yeah. I like to stay in guys' face and break them. For me, I know that my cardio is probably better than 90% of the guys in the division. And I don't have that one-punch knockout power. So yeah. I know I got to get to that level of breaking these guys mentally. So I got to stay in their face with pressure, with punches, with takedowns. The biggest thing for me is just mixing everything up. Like yeah. some fights I'll get into there and I just want to strike. And my coach will always tell me, like, we didn't get here with striking. We got here with mixing everything up perfectly uh, and just being a smarter fighter. I feel like I'm a high IQ fighter. Yeah. I'll gauge the, how the first round goes. And then the second and third round, that's when I'll implement what I want to do to the guy. Bilal has already had an interesting training camp. His first opponent, Sean Brady, pulled out of their scheduled fight just a few weeks ago. Now, Bilal gets a new opponent, Diego Lima, who has a totally different style. But it doesn't sound like a sudden change in opponent is affecting his training. I don't really concentrate on opponents unless I'm like fighting like a crazy specialist like Damian Maya or like a John Jones where you need a longer guy. Other than that, like I don't think there's really anybody in it 
in the division that's that much greater than me in a specific martial art. If you're thinking to yourself, this guy sounds like a natural behind the mic, you're right. Bilal is not new to the art of podcasting. He's got one of his own called Remember the Show. Some fighters dread facing the media during fight weeks. Bilal doesn't seem like that kind of guy in person or on social media. We're in a day and age now where the entertainment factor is a, a bigger thing. So, like, I don't have that and got you one-punch power. So, I better have that personality that's going to make everybody wants to watch me. You got a solid Twitter game, though. Your Twitter game's strong. I just found it. <laughs> I love when fans talk to me and I engage with them. And they're like, oh, man, you're a lot nicer than I expected. I'm like, you, you don't know me. Why would you expect something about me? Now, if you're a fan of UFC... You're probably familiar with the name Bilal Muhammad. It's because he's fought in the UFC a ton. He's got a well-rounded skill set, and he finds a way to win. Jeff, Bilal, and Chaos are about three weeks out from their fights, but that doesn't mean camp is just starting. We're already a few weeks deep into it at this point. Three weeks out from a training camp is often your most intense sparring. It's the most important work. You want to get your highest, hardest work in then so you can taper down and prepare for the fight. You've already started reducing your calories, so think about it. You're training and sparring very hard on a limited calorie diet. So this is really where the rubber meets the road. Jeff Neal's camp is in full swing. Here's what it looks like. UFC training camp, uh, it's hell. It sucks. You know what I mean? It's a lot of cardio, a lot of getting punched in the face. If you don't like getting punched in the face, then you probably shouldn't do a UFC training camp. I like it. You know what I mean? I've been doing this for 10 years now. So every time, anytime there's a training camp, I'm excited. Today, once I get off with y'all, I'm going to go go for a uh, run for about an hour, shadow box, and then uh, pick up my juice cleanse and be miserable all day. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to wake up in the morning at 7.30, go work out at 9 a.m., uh, go to see my team doc, stretch out a little bit, and then uh, take a nap, work out again at night around 7, 7 or 8. Then go back to sleep, wake up in the morning again, go for another run, shadow box, uh, stretch out, uh, do my, I'm doing my uh, hard rounds, sparring rounds on Tuesday. And then Wednesday morning, I'm waking up, doing my strength and conditioning again. Uh, Wednesday night is uh, up in the air. I can either use it to rest or depend on how I feel. You know what I mean? If I still have uh, energy in the tank, I'll probably go for another run on Wednesday or just do something. Uh, Thursday is uh, wrestling, so uh, I'm going to wrestle at night. I may, may run in the morning or uh, go uh, do some mobility, work with my strength coach. Friday, uh, strength and conditioning, and then uh, Friday night, I'm probably going to rest. And Saturday, sparring. Jeff has been waiting his whole career for a fight against someone like Wonderboy. But a few months ago, Jeff wasn't sure he'd ever be able to fight again. One day this summer, while prepping for a fight against Neil Magny, he woke up with a severe headache. He knew something was wrong. I went to the clinic to get IVs done, and then uh, the lady checked my blood pressure, and it, it was, like, dangerously low, and my heart rate was super slow. She was like, sir, we're going to have to send you to the hospital. Like, we can't do nothing for you here. Like, you're about to die, blah, 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 blah. She hooked me up to, like, three IVs at once. Like, it was, <laughs> it was the weirdest feeling because, like, the IVs were, like, super cold, and, like, they, uh, this was stuff to where it just like shoots in your bloodstream. So like my whole, like my arms like shivering because of the IVs going through. And then uh, a little bit after that, my body started going into a uh, shock. Like, you know what I mean? I lost consciousness for a little bit. And like, you know, it was, man, it was, it was horrible. 
Like, I don't want to say it, but like, I was like legit shitting on myself because of how bad it was. You know what I mean? And I went to the ICU. They um, hooked me up to the dialysis machine because I, uh, they found out that it was sepsis that was, that was causing all of it. And I sat in there for about a week and on antibiotics and IVs, and now I'm good. He's since recovered, but this is his first fight since being hospitalized over the summer. To be honest, that thought never crossed my mind to not fight, to stop fighting. You know what I mean? Uh, I remember uh, one doctor told me, he was saying, like, I'm not sure if you will ever be able to fight again. So uh, he wanted to give me this vest. It was like a shock vest or something, like just in case my heart stopped, because I had a congestive heart failure that just in case there was something wrong with my heart and it just like randomly stopped. But like, I was like, no, I was like, I'm going to keep on fighting. This is what I do. Like, I'm going to train. Like, if my heart stops on me, then it is what it is. But this is uh, what I really want to do. And I'm going to see it through to the end. It may seem a little crazy that Jeff says he'll train whether his heart stops or not. But it's not just about training. It's about the way you've chosen to live your life. It's about the way Jeff has chosen to live his life and to follow his passions. So, you know, what else is a guy like that supposed to do? Just stay home, do nothing, hope for the best? No. He gets out there and he does what he loves. Come hell or high water. Meanwhile, in Chicago, Bilal is riding a three-fight winning streak, landing him back in the rankings. He's got a big opportunity in his next fight. So this guy is training like a maniac. Listen to his weekly breakdown. So Monday morning, I wake up and then I go down to practice. The practice is about an hour, hour and a half. We're doing MMA-specific wrestling. So it's like working strikes into grappling, strikes into takedowns, level changes. And then I go home. I'm resting. I hit a road work, probably like three or four miles. And then at night, I'm back in the gym. And then we're going hard kickboxing drills. So fight-specific, MMA-specific, but uh, kickboxing. Reminder, what you just heard, that's only Monday. Tuesdays, I'm going same thing in the morning, but this one is more harder grappling, MMA-specific, so like ground and pound and stuff like that. Then afternoon, I'm hitting weights. Then at night, I'm doing more boxing. So that's the biggest thing I feel like a lot of fighters don't do. They don't work with a boxing coach and getting your skills up right and like your technique right with boxing is a whole different than MMA. And little intricacies that boxing coaches see, they'll help your striking up a lot. Then Wednesdays, mornings, we're sparring hard. So getting your rounds in with sparring and then going home again, getting more road work in. And then at night, it's more light technique stuff. More so what we see in it sparring, what I need to fix from sparring. And then Thursday again, Morning, we're going hard grappling. Another weight session after that. And then at night, it's more mitt work. And then Fridays, mornings, we're going mitt work. And then I do like a, usually like a stair run, cardio session. We have a really good set of stairs down here that's outside that a lot of people use. Uh, we even do it during the, the snow. So you like, you gotta be mentally strong to do it. And then Saturday is another hard sparring session in the morning. And I'm done for the rest of the day. Man, yeah, you could, I mean, how old are you, Blow? You, you, uh, you're 23 32. again? You're 23 <laughs> again? What the hell? <laughs> you cut those Wednesdays and sat, you know, cut that Wednesday to a true half day and then taper down before you're going to ramp up. I need you in my head telling me, text me like, yo, relax, chill out. Jeff and Blow are established talent in the loaded 170-pound division. Chaos, on the other hand, is still trying to make a name for himself. He's back in Michigan after his last fight, just two weeks ago in Vegas. I wake up typically between four and six every day. And really, man, I probably shut my day down. Like, 
I got an unorthodox schedule, man. It's kind of hard. Like, I wake up at, like, 4 to 6 every day, but as far as going to sleep, it ain't no telling. It's really just when my body feels like it, you know? It's a lot of sacrifice, man. And if you really want to be successful, and for all the fans that's listening, Mute was not helping you grow and elevate. You just got to dial in, you know, just create good habits every day. We called Chaos out for being a little coy with his exact training routine, but he was doing this on purpose. You know, I don't want to tell all my tricks, you know, you know, you know what I mean? Because I know the comp. I know, you know what I'm saying? We got the ops listening somewhere around there, you know. <laughs> With our gym, we got a lot in one gym, but it's just not everything that I need in that one gym to be at my best. You know what I mean? So it's just like for me to be at my best, I feel like, OK, let me go over here to my, you know what I mean? Let me go to my jujitsu coach over here. Let me go to my strength and conditioning coach over here my striking coach over here, but I also got this boxing coach over there. You know, so it's just like, I got multiple coaches who help me get to where I'm at. Take a little bit from each one of them and just put it in all one box, man. Shake it together in here. I'm a person who I love to adapt. You know, it's a fight. So I kind of, once I'm in there, I kind of know what a fight going on. I've been, man, I fought for my life basically. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, it's just like, I feel that the more you grind, that's that's the more com- that's why I'm so confident when I'm fighting because it's like I know the work I'm putting in behind the scenes and that's where the work done behind the scenes you know I feel like that's where the success comes from you know what I'm saying the thousands of hours that nobody see but hey I always say if you ain't hurting you ain't working you may be listening and thinking this all doesn't sound so bad forced you were like hey this is gonna be hell at the beginning of the show how hard can it be Well, I assure you, these guys are putting on a brave front. They are miserable inside. They are tired. They are hungry. Metaphorically and literally, here's Jeff. I really want some real food. Like today, I'm going to just do like a juice cleanse. So I'm not going to eat anything. And I'm not looking forward to that. But yeah, that's pretty much the UFC training camp. I like to push myself uh, past my limits and uh, see how good I can get. A lot of, like I said, a lot of work, a lot of um, waking up early in the morning, getting two to three workouts a day. Can't eat the food you want to eat, which sucks. The toughest thing for Bilal Muhammad is feeling like he's truly ready without overdoing it. So he's constantly working out and training. Now, this may make you mentally strong and know that you are ready for the fight, that you have done the work. But you run the risk of overtraining and depleting your body leading up to the fight. There's not a written handbook of what's the right things to do. I can sit there and go through two workouts, and if my body's not sore by mid-afternoon, I'm like, man, I need to go for a jog or something. Like, there's something wrong. I feel like the biggest thing I would say about fighter training camp is overtraining. 90% of the people overtraining and trying to figure out what works for you, what works for your body. Because, like, my body's not going to be the same as a different guy's body. So, like, me, I'm going through probably, like, three sessions a day, and the day that I'm supposed to take off, it's like mentally, I'm like, man, I feel like I should be doing something. There's so many things you have to do. You have to do kickboxing, wrestling, jujitsu, and strength conditioning and cardio. You got to get your road work in. So it's like, there's not a, this, this, and this will work for you. It's perfect. It's like, it's a test. So it's like, all right, I want to do this, this, and this now. And then tomorrow you'll see how you feel. If your body feels okay, then you'll, you'll add this to it. Yeah. Well, if your body feels okay, you didn't train hard enough yesterday. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's, that's, that's the, the thing I always say. That's the mentality. That's it's, you know, 
when you do three sessions a day, how long are those sessions and how intense? Like what's the ratio of technical training, like learning a skill or sharpening a skill versus the physical putting it into play so you'd be able to use it on fight day? The thing I love about training here is we do a lot of situational drills. Yep. So it's like if it's a wrestling day, it's not just, yo, get your wrestling shoes on to wrestling. No, it's, all right, we're going to work into strikes to wrestling. And it's not hard strikes. So it's mostly drilling, but it's really hard drilling. Like I could sit there and my heart rate will get up to 180 because we're drilling. If I get the takedown, you still have to make your partner work his way up. So yep. they're technically working on getting up and you're technically working on getting him down. And I'm not trying to sit there and go 100% of holding him down and killing your body and making it a fight. It's, I right, give him like 30% so where they have to work to get up and do the right things. So I'm not going to let him do the wrong things to get up. If he does the right things, he gets up. Chaos didn't tip his hand about whether his camp is making him miserable. But he did say there's only one thing he can do for fun in this camp. And it's, well, kind of sad. I don't really do too much, man. Rest. That's the fun I get. For real. You know, one workout at a time, one opponent at a time, you know, one chin at a time. You know, we're going to keep, just keep uh, testing these chins out. Hey, just keep moving forward. Camp is hard enough as it is, but having to get in shape around the holidays, well, I'll be honest, it's tough. While most Americans spent last Thursday stuffing their faces full of turkey and God knows what else, these guys were all in the gym working. And now while I say getting in shape over the holidays can be tough, it's also very rewarding. You get a sense that you've done the work. You've gotten better when everybody else was getting soft. Chaos agrees with me here. Here's how he celebrated Thanksgiving. I celebrated in the gym. Actually, man, I was in the gym. I didn't really spend too much time. I, I, of course, I popped in on the fam. You know, they, everybody seen that knockout. You know, everybody want to, you know, spend some time with me. But, uh, you know, I'm focused. You know, I got, I got more work to do. So I just ate a plate. I ate a plate, ate a light plate, and I was in the gym, man. I'm hungry, man. I got, I got work to do. That's when my schedule's on orthodox as well, man. I might be training at 4 in the morning and, you know, 11 at night or 1, you know what I mean, 1 in the morning or 5 p.m. or on Thanksgiving, on Christmas, on New Year's, wherever. Like, because it's just, I just feel like at the end of the day, like you said, and like Forrest Griffin said, you know, my opponent, he might be training, but, hey, I'm training harder. And when he's sleeping, I'm probably still training. Jeff Neal sounds like he took it one step further. I'm more motivated to train on the holidays for some reason. You know what I mean? It's like, it's Thanksgiving. I'm like, yeah, I'm about to get up and go run while everybody else is exactly yeah, yeah doing whatever i ran for an hour did my usual uh shadow boxing routine i didn't eat that whole day i fasted for thanksgiving which sucked ass but uh gotta do what i gotta do but I, I just i just wanted to stay here and uh not uh be tempted to eat ham or something you know what i mean i didn't want to be around that to get frustrated and pissy so i just stayed here Bilal muhammad did his best to avoid a big meal on thanksgiving but his mom did well she did what moms do i train hard in the morning and I knew my mom was gonna make a good dinner. So I like, I didn't eat nothing the whole day until that. And we ate probably around 7 p.m. And like I said, my mom's the type, she'll make a bunch of healthy stuff for me whenever I send her. So I send her a bunch of healthy recipes, but it's a mom. So she wants to feed you the best things. So like I got there, I had, all right, let me get my Brussels sprouts on me, a turkey. Then all of a sudden she puts sweet potato casserole on my plate, mashed potatoes. And then you're like, all right, man, you feel guilty. So the, literally after that, hour later, I had to go for a long jog. Just cause like you said, like mentally you're like, I need to be doing more. You're always thinking you need to be doing more. Yeah, it, you know, 
one meal is not, you know, you just have to make sure it just is a meal and then you move on. Now, when it comes to your diet during a fight camp, some people can get derailed by one big meal and fall off the deep end. Other people can realize it's one meal. It's not a big deal. You're going to work it off in the first hour of tomorrow's practice. The moral of the story is every fighter has to know themselves. Not only did the guys have Thanksgiving to contend with, but they also have the challenge of finding a place to train safely during a worldwide pandemic. That affected every fighter differently. Here's Bilal. I keep my training group small and just having the right guys around you where if they don't feel well, if they feel sick or something, they won't show up. So like I trust everybody in my training room, I trust them in my training camp. And I only use probably like five or six guys. And they're all guys that I trust with sparring, with training, and I know that I can trust them with the health too. Chicago was in lockdown for most of the spring and summer, which meant finding some creative ways for Bilal to get his work in. When everything went on lockdown, I was expecting to fight April 18th. So like, I still got to get my work in, but they closed all the gyms in the city. So I had to rent out a gym for a hundred dollars for the month. And then it was me, Lewis Taylor, and one of my other buddies, Adil Benjelani, who's a really good kickboxer. We literally went into the gym. We had a train with the lights off. So we would go to the window that had like a street light near it. And we would get the light from there. We would literally train like that twice a day. So uh, we, we had a park down the block. So the cops didn't see anything in the parking lot. And then the guy who let me use his gym was a really nice guy. And funny story is we literally were in there one day and we were using his weights too, because he had weights. So we're like in the dark using it. And then we see the lights on next door where the mats are. And we're like, what the heck's going on? And then we go in there and we see Shoney Carter in there uh, doing like judo throws. And then all of a sudden the owner of the gym comes in like 30 minutes later, snapping on us like, why is the lights on? I was like, dude, it ain't us. He went on and he saw Shoney. He's like, man, it's like the third time he did it. I just keep telling this guy to turn the lights off. He's going to ruin it for all of us. And then probably fight week for me, we were in there just doing a little drilling. And then all of a sudden he came, the owner, he's like, yo, I had to close up. The cops saw the lights on the other day and we had to close down the gym for a month. Jeff Neal couldn't wait for the gyms to open up in Texas. So he brought the gym to his house. I was worried about something happening here because people were freaking out, buying toilet paper. And you know, Texas is like pro-gun. So like all the ammo stores were running out of ammo. Everybody was running around buying guns. I was like, man, what's about to go down here in Texas? I had nothing to work out with. So I started buying uh, heavy bag, I bought some uh, like medicine balls, some weights, and uh, I was just working out from uh, my parents' garage like a madman, cars driving by looking at me like, what is this dude doing out here with a shirt off sweating everywhere? But I had to get it in. I couldn't uh, wait for the pandemic to end. Chaos Williams spent the pandemic weighing his options. He was trying to capitalize on all the momentum after his 27-second KO in his debut back in February, before the pandemic hit. Unfortunately for Chaos, the coronavirus meant turning down some opportunities. I really had a problem uh, during the summertime because everything was shut down. So I was still running and doing like push-ups and, you know, pull-ups, sit-ups, stuff like that, shadow boxing. Uh, like I wasn't getting the technical stuff like I needed to. I didn't have the bodies like I needed. So I just didn't want to jump in there. Like we talking to UFC, you know, I, I got to be at my best. I learned from other people's mistakes as well. And I'm like, man. I ain't desperate, man. I ain't, I ain't doing it for the money, man. It's, it's deeper than that. I look at the longevity, man. I look at the legacy, my career, what I'm trying to do one day, you know, which is get that title. Chaos is smart. Sometimes it's the fight you don't take that can make your career. 
You attack every week of training camp with different goals and challenges. One week, it may be technical. The next week, it may be a weight cut or conditioning. So guys, what are you going to accomplish this week? Pretty much this week is uh, me turning up the heat. You know, uh, I've been kind of, I've been going hard during the sparring and stuff like that, but I haven't been uh, really uh, flipping that switch. But uh, this week, I'm going to have to uh, really show up and show out. This week, I'm going to be a little bit more reckless with my punches. Like, I'm going to be not trying to hurt them, but not caring if I do, if you know what I mean. Bilal's keeping it simple. Right now, really, the only goals are to stay healthy and get my weight lower. Uh, just seeing the scale to go down and making sure that I'm putting the work in. Because I'm about three weeks out. So for my sparring sessions, my goals are to do everything I want to do and have the right energy. Said so I got to be smarter with the, the day before sparring, maybe going lighter at night. So I have the energy in the morning to go harder. So I got to bring that in to my own mindset. Just trusting myself, trusting my camp, and trusting my conditioning. And this game, condition is 90%. We all know how to fight. We've fought so many times. So if you're in the right shape, you'll be able to fight. Chaos is locked in on his weight cut and thinking big about his future. Really, this upcoming week is just, uh, you know, just how my body reacts to certain things. And, you know, physical-wise, man, just, just getting the weight down. That's really this goal for this week. Yeah, I done switched up the diet. So it's just like I done switched up my whole diet. Eat no cheat meals or none of that. Like, everything is just straight clean, and, you know, I'm just locked in, dialed in. Some people, they just do this, you know what I mean? And uh, I feel like this ain't what I do, this is who I am, you know? I feel like I was made for the camera, man. I was made to do this, man. When I'm in there, I just transform, man. Like, I ain't even know, like, the UFC, and, and, and I seen some memes. I ain't even realized I ain't even blink. I was just so locked in before my fight. That's just, like I said, I just transform, and I be in there, man, on all the all the – all the work that I put in is just, psh, there I go, man. I get the shine. You know what I'm saying? There go that diamond, get the shine. That will do it for episode one of Inside UFC Training Camp. Next week, we're going to learn more about why these guys are fighters. And we'll hear more about their training regiments and their performance in camp from them and their coaches. If you like what you heard, come back next week. We'll be doing two more episodes leading up to the fight. If you don't like what you hear, Fuck, turn it off. Thanks to Bilal, Jeff, and Chaos for their participation. And thanks to you for tuning in. See you next week. Actually, we won't see you, but you'll hear me next week. Same difference. Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh-generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of seventh-generation. Find seventh-generation laundry detergent in fresh lavender and other scents at seventhgeneration.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.